It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roran from MusketeerReport.com. And welcome into the podcast for this Monday, January 23rd. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal and Rick Brewing from Musketeer Report. In case you're wondering, we will break down the, uh, the Crosstown shootout on Wednesday. So we're going to do three podcasts this week, the one you're listening to right now. Wednesday, where we're going to talk to some, uh, so a former player or two, a uh, national guy or two, and, and break down the, uh, the Crosstown shootout. And, of course, we can't, come, we can't not come back Friday to discuss the game on Thursday. So it's a three-day podcast this week, which I know you guys are excited about, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Chad, Chad and I have been doing the Crosstown Shootout preview, breaking it down by position for the last two or three years now, I think. At what so stage do you guys get to either machetes or dueling pistols? You know what? Actually, it's it's hilarious because that was kind of the first experience our boards had with, like, the two of us together. together and realized it wasn't quite... And any time they, they listen to it, they go, and McCoys. oh my god. They can actually converse. He, they actually know a lot about each, each team. Each team, right. This is really good stuff. It's I'm, funny. And, I'm, and, like, you could tell they kind of, like, wanted to wash their hands, like, take a shower. Like. Yeah, they still do every time they hear either one of us. Right. And they're like, ew, he's not that bad. <laughs> oh, no, they're that bad. Oh, they they feel that way about me, for no, sure. There's no yeah. question. There's no question. You, yeah, well, the Xavier people hate you, too. Because, because I'm literally that bad. You are that bad and yeah. a Creighton fan. So we just got to keep identifying that. Your team is struggling, which we'll get to here in a minute. A Hack Creighton fan. Hack Creighton fan. Sorry. I always forget the hack part. That's See, shame on me. Now the UC fans like me, and the Xavier fans are starting to like me. So well, I'm, having, I'm, I'm having a bit of an identity. They're the only two fan bases in the country that like you. I'm having a bit of an identity crisis because nobody likes me. I don't even you, think my wife you, likes me. Because you don't want anybody to like you. That's, That's what's correct. so funny. Right. That's the funny part to this. You I know how likable of a guy he is. I, I don't want anybody to he's like me. likable like a pet freaking iguana is what he's like <laughs> That is absolutely the most fire take you've brought to this podcast. You like that? All right. And it's so dead on. It's dead on. Yeah. It's pet dead on. What's not to like about a pet iguana? Nobody exactly. Has, exactly. That's exactly. the mindset. <laughs> exactly. He'll argue with you about you, yeah, that. Yeah. So, all right, let's touch on Xavier first because it's the freshest game of all fresh games. They, uh, they beat Georgetown on Sunday. Um, you saw a little bit of everything. You saw them make some shots at a time when they needed to make some shots. You saw them hunt some shots at a time when they shouldn't have hunted some shots. You did see them, though, Rick, be more aggressive going to the rim, and they got to the foul line a bunch. See, it's funny that they did get to the foul line a bunch. Um, I thought their mentality, specifically like Trayvon Blewett, was even better in the Creighton game in terms of attacking the rim and getting fouled. In this game, I thought they played very similar to how well, they've played but, the last two. But they're also two. better. I mean, let's face it. They're better. In a 50-50 game, they're better than Georgetown. And I think that that is the, the point. In Creighton, I think they had the mentality to attack. Creighton was just a little bit better. Against Georgetown, they broke their spirit a little bit. Georgetown just has an unbelievable knack for just giving up, just oh. quitting as a team. I mean, they made the great run to literally punch their way back Tied the game, tied the game up, and it looked like Xavier was teetering. In fact, I even texted you, and we'll touch on this. I said J.P. McCure's basketball IQ was awful, and there was a stage where I thought it was just dreadful. And we'll touch on that here in just a moment. I thought it was awful, and and I thought this is going to be the worst loss coming off the Miles situation, which we'll touch on here mm-hmm. in a second. Coming off the three losses, they are about to die. And suddenly, when they made a little bit of a run back in it, Edmund got the and one from the and one on that made it a five point game. Literally, Georgetown went. Yeah, let's just chuck it up. We're good. Uh, you know, we, we played a game of it. We're good. Let's go back. Except LJ Peak. Or not yeah, LJ no, Peak. No, the other Rodney Pryor. Yeah, yeah. And that they, he does, it feels like the kid knows he has to do that every game. But here's the thing. Like, if you're three for three with 10 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever it is to go, left in the game, 
why haven't you shot more than three times if you're the best scorer on the team? he ended up with 24 or that, whatever. That's the thing. He's it's crazy. Three shots. Yeah. He has six points right. with 10 minutes left. And then I literally tweeted, get ready for a flurry of Rodney Pryor shots because that's what happens every game. Yep. And he shoots a bunch of shots and makes a fair amount of them. That, the JP thing, I mean, you have to live with it because he was the reason – they got up by 12. Correct. And he, then he, he had four trips where it was just YOLO. It was just awful. It was just awful. D- took a terrible three, and, and what you a te- terrible drive. What you texted me back, and, and, you're, and you're probably right. It just just watching that sequence of plays, if it had been me, I'd have sat so him your down. Your head would have exploded. I would have killed him. I would have honestly, I would have, I would have walked out the midcourt and gone, just honestly, go to the locker room. I'm not watching your crap any longer. I've had a, <laughs> he I've could had not coach you. No, no I've way. had enough of no, this. No that way. being said, Skinny probably couldn't coach about mm, 95 to 90 of good college basketball that, that players. Correct. That is correct. You have to give good players a little freedom. Skinny, not big on freedom. You, you could coach the Bearcats. I yeah. can coach yeah, the Bearcats. Yes. I, they do Perfect a lot of things I love. They Perfect do a lot of things Except I love. Except don't take charges. They don't. No, they, they don't. They have more. They do. A little more because they don't have a rim protector this year. Correct. They as do. much of one. Yeah. They have He's but, only playing but, eight minutes a game. But, they have one. The one stage where Kaiser Gates, I thought, 103. He made one, I think it was a trip before or two trips before. <laughs> where, where the entire place was like, shoot the damn no, ball. I thought, he was, I thought he was too deep. I thought he was too deep. I thought it was that too That was a different one. Okay. I thought we were talking about. There was one where he was wide open on the left wing and almost passed it. Everyone yeah. in the arena screamed, shoot. Yeah. And then he goes, oh. Yeah, I'm going to stop reset yeah. and made it. No, no, that one, no, that, okay. I think that was what I was talking about that okay. I was fine with. It was actually, it was literally like, what, two or three possessions after that. It was, yeah. it was right before JP's flurry of stupidity um, where he took one I thought was contested. JP took the one where it was about seven feet short with an air ball and then <laughs> came his knuckleheadedness for, for a while. I mean, I, honestly, I thought, they were, I thought they were teetering to the point of this is going to be just an awful, awful loss. It turns out to be, I mean, when they had to have and when they got. Yeah, it's weird. I, I guess I've just I'm more used to how this team plays offensively yeah, when they're are. at their best. I never got the sense that they were like playing erratically offensively. In fact, I felt they were more. Um, it was just JP. More fa- well, yeah, right, Joe. Here's the thing. I, I totally disagree with the idea that JP has a low IQ. I, know, I think and, he has and, extremely and, and, and I want, high basketball IQ. That's why I, so I want to be fair because you sent the thing back to me. I thought I'm going to let you give I, your point. I think what JP is, he's a very all or nothing guy who is more than willing to get wrapped up in emotions and quit thinking and just play really, really hard and go balls to the wall. And sometimes that goes in a blaze of fury for three or four possessions, and he makes some terrible decisions during that process. I call that guy the plus-minus guy. Yeah, but with JP, and this has been part of Xavier's problem this year, is he's been a little more minus than plus in a lot of big situations. Today, I thought he was the big reason they won the game, and he did a ton of things for them. No, he he, he did. It just was a frustrating part where, you know, you just need somebody to have a little better shot selection. Make a better decision. He got, I don't know if it was really a back cut, but he got kind of wrapped around where he kind of froze, and a guy, it was a back cut. A guy went down the lane for an easy layup. I thought, dude, where are you at right now? Are you even in the same game I'm watching? Yeah, and, and, you know, we we talked about the Creighton. He he didn't switch on Hegner and give a wide open three in a big moment. He had two or three lapses today defensively where he's always going to have that. Then at the other the other token, he caused probably four or five yeah. turnovers where he, he did. maybe didn't get the no, steal, no the deflected the ball, or even and, didn't get the charge a couple times, but, but got in the way of a guy who made a bad decision. And, and you know how he You're does right. that by cheating a little bit, getting out of position, being a little crazy at times. So Yolo, sometimes baby. those things pay off, and you get all, or sometimes they don't, and you, you get, get him getting backdoored. Right. So that's who he is. Yeah. I don't think you want to take that away from him fully. I totally get your point. Um, today, I thought he played pretty well. I thought it was a lot more plus than minus. I think me. you just have to live with him. I, mean, I think you do to a set. Now, at the same time, there's want... no reason JP can't be smarter. And, t- look, don't take that terrible shot. Right. Don't have the terrible turnover at a big moment. And still play balls to the wall all the other time. Right. But just in those few big moments, 
tone it down a bit and not make the the boneheaded laugh. I guess I'll ask you because now he is he is so counted on to be one of the main guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it, and again, we're we're now halfway to the point of the season, if not even we're beyond, the halfway, halfway, yeah, beyond yeah. the halfway point. Um, but it is a completely different role where you know you can live with him for eighteen minutes doing some crazy stuff like that because if it's good, you leave him in. If it's bad, you get his ass out. And he plays eighteen now, minutes and scores twenty two points. He's right. like the microwave. Yeah. Right. You bring him in. Right. He starts hitting shots and he starts running all over the place with his head on fire. And he's doing well. Great. He's in for 10 minutes straight. If he goes in and chucks two bad shots, you yank you him out, out and you right. don't need him because he, you know, he wasn't a main piece. Now you need him to be consistent. Yeah, no, And no, he's trying to figure that out, obviously. No How about Malcolm Bernard today? Great. Great performance. He's been big. Honestly, I think, I think he's been playing well through all of Big East play, really. I'll, I will admit I was wrong on Malcolm Bernard. Well, I gave Rick I, a lot of hell because he insisted that he was going to be a guy that could help. And I looked at his numbers at the place that he was at before. I mean, he was a high usage, low production, low production player. Chucker, well, Chucker. Well, low efficiency. Low efficiency. Player. He put up big numbers. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, he twenty three a game, right? Uh, Seventeen. High, I think high usage, low efficiency yeah. guy. Yeah. And I didn't know how he was going to fit on this team. As the circumstances turned out, they have needed him a lot more than anybody ever thought that they were going to need him. Mm-hmm. And he has grown into a solid rotation productive player and today hit some very big shots when they needed him to hit some big shots. Uh, the, so I'm wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. No, I don't no. say that. Don't you say that very rarely? Uh, two, rarely. Two things that are really funny about Malcolm Bernard. One, he shot, I think like 14% or 17% or whatever it was from three point range last year. I mean, just dreadful. Yeah. Terrible three point shooter. This year, the one thing he's really offered them all year is really good shot selection from the perimeter yeah. and made a bunch of them. I mean, he's shooting like 39% well, from three going into it, the day. It's an amazing testament to like when you're trying to explain to people rolls, shot selection yeah, and, ball and, shot selection. and ball movement. Yeah, right. yeah. Ball movement's the I'm biggest sure. thing. He never shot a step in rhythm, like kick out three last yeah. year. Now that's all he gets. It was last probably in the shot clock, force, yeah. whatever. Well, well, more so, he was, he was initiating the offense right. himself last year. Right. They ran everything for him. He's going one on two or three. Right. This year, he's just a piece that guys are kicking to, and it's a lot more comfortable. It's, it's amazing what happens when you shoot rhythm shots as opposed to taking it garbage. Is. And it also shows you how much like ball movement and yeah. stuff like that can play in a role in a guy's Absolutely. statistics and, and what offense he's playing. The other thing that's really funny about Malcolm is you look at the statistic, statistics from last year. You see he's a low or high usage, low efficiency guy. You would think the problem would be getting him to play within a system and with other good players. He's been great at it. The biggest issue with him is he's been too unselfish. Yeah. He hasn't been aggressive enough. We've seen him get a little more confident on offense, and that's, and that's where you paid w- off. But you also wonder if a kid like that comes and sees and looks Finding around and goes, goes yeah. okay, there's four other options here, and I'm option four or five, and I don't want to screw this up, and um, so I won't take a shot that maybe I should have taken. And as this time goes on, go – you know what? I can take a shot when I'm open, and I'm okay to do that. And and if I miss, guess what? Trayvon missed a couple trips ago. I'm okay with doing that. And you don't want to revert to chucker status, but yeah, I think it's I think it is a whole finding the comfort level where you're at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what we've seen. And that's that's just sort of good, adds another piece. We talked about all the moving pieces this team has had right. this year. That's just another guy who was starting and playing a big role and didn't really have a good feel for yep. his role early in the year. Now he does. He's getting more comfortable. He was certainly big today. I don't know if. You can't rely on him to be your difference maker going forward. You no, can't say no, no, no. He's a good, him, he's a good piece, but he's a great piece. Great, a great rotation guy, a guy that that you're not out there going. We're playing five on four right now, right. And exactly. And they'd be screwed without him. Yeah. Well, and let, let's jump to that because they'd be screwed even more because. And by of the Miles way, Davis I'm not. Situation. I'm not admitting I was wrong about anything anymore. The rest of the yeah, year, you, that was you, it. Probably, you probably will. That was the last one. Um, you probably will. You probably we'll, won't we'll, be wrong. Yeah, you won't admit it, but you will. be Well, that's what I was talking about. Admitting it is too. You know, that's a good point. Obviously. 
his role becomes even bigger now because Miles Davis was going to probably take some of his minutes, if not a chunk of his minutes moving forward. That's not going to happen any longer, Rick. And, and um, I, you know, I don't want to say addition by subtraction because it was never really an addition this year. It really wasn't. No. Um, so He's a total non-factor. It, 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 it stinks because of you know what he could provide if things were, were you know, back to where they were last year and he hadn't had the off-court incidents and, and none of this had taken place and he had practiced from day one and he had played from day one. He would have been a big part of this team. But you really never never had him involved. And I said this, I don't know if I said it to you or somebody. I mean, they were 0-3 with him, um, so they've lost two games without him. Now, granted, that's that's an absolute vacuum statement on my part, but... They brought him in for the toughest stretch of the season and, and then got rid of him. Exactly. Put him on the waiver wire. You signed him to a ten, was it a ten day contract? Yeah. The old now, ten day contract. See, now that was good. That that joke worked. The one before that was good. I, that I, was really well. I done. had to set that up with the stuff before. Okay, call back. You're playing chess, honestly. Yep. You really are. Yep. Shout out to you. I didn't realize you had the type of comedic genius in you. Uh the Miles thing. I, I don't really have a whole lot to add. I've put my thoughts fully out there right. on Musketeer Report if you want to go read yep. my 1,200-word uh, expose on Miles Davis and his, his time at Xavier. In terms of what it means to the team, I think you hit a, a, a key point there, Skinny, is his involvement for this team just wasn't anything. Right. Not, not that he wasn't a factor and he didn't help him win games or anything. He just or wasn't involved. Be a factor, yeah. He wasn't around all year. Correct. So like people are talking about the chemistry and everything else. It's like he was literally back for a week and a half, two weeks. And that's the only time he mattered to any of these guys. Now, they're friends with them. Trayvon's really close with them. I know those guys are still friends. So, like, in that regard, yeah. But basketball isn't – you don't have to be with your friends all the time. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to lose their minds because one of their friends isn't going to be there. Um, in terms of, I think, from the media perspective and the, the storyline, the narrative about this team, it's much bigger because all year we've been talking about, well, if Miles Davis is I, I back was, to I, last I was year's one status, of them. Yeah, I was one I, of them. I've been one of them. There's no reason not to. It's a big storyline. But we've all been saying at some point maybe they have that extra bit of upside that pushes them to another level if he returns to what he was last year. Now there's not that, obviously. Right. You can just take that out of the equation. We can quit worrying about what could they be down the right. line. We can just say, what are the guys in the room what are able they to do right now? Right. And Correct. what can they do going forward? The two guys I think it matters to is Quentin Gooden and Malcolm Bernard. Yeah. Malcolm Bernard much less so than Quentin. Well, the other guy, though, obviously is Edmund Sumner, who is obviously playing with with a severely injured shoulder. And you could see a few times today when he either got knocked down or um, was down, guys would start to pull him up by both arms and all of a sudden go, whoa, wait a minute, let's just pull you up by, by this arm. It's obviously effective. Now, to his credit, there were some toughness today where he went to the rim, got banged and bumped, finished through some of the contact, got to the line for some and ones, got to the line other times. From a, just from a durability standpoint, as you continue to do that, that, that's a lot to ask over the next six weeks to continue to do that kind of stuff. He deserves to have that said about him, too, because we gave him a rough time, and I've been giving him a rough time, and, and for a reason. Look, like this is a guy who constantly goes down to practice, and you think you know the world's over, he blew out his knee. Oh, we've all seen guys elbow. like that where it's like, so, oh, okay, you'll be all right. Just shake it. We'll put some dirt on it shake it off. You'll be great. You'll be back tomorrow. This, this is a little yeah, more severe. And, and I know the coaching staff was hoping that's what it was right. with the shoulder. Obviously, it's not at this point, and he is in severe pain with a very serious injury and he's playing through and he's playing well like today i thought people wanted him to score more but georgetown to their credit was really selling Trying out to just clog the lane no doubt. him because he killed them last time but he really and he made the two big play made the shot in traffic and made the and one going to the rim in, in traffic chris mack always says do what the game tells you i want edmund to do what the game tells him when people say did he score enough today and today edmund absolutely did what the game told me had seven assists i think in one turnover i don't know what he ended with but that's what he had with yeah, a right. few minutes left to go when in it the mattered game. yeah when it mattered and and then, like you said, when it mattered at the end, he was able to slide in there and get the big end one, take the hit. He was able to make a big finish. He had a big steal on defense. 
to, today I thought he got he made everyone else better, and when the game was on the line, they truly needed him. He did take over in those few minutes and went to the room. I, I'm not a doctor, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night because that's a little out of the fair cut general budget. For all, for, for all the maladies you have Bro, physically, Brian, I thought you at least know enough about being a doctor. Brian Snow is a doctor, so. <laughs> and, and Dr. I, Brian Snow. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night because that's not in the Bearcat Journal no, it's budget. Yeah, that's correct. Um, but it looks to me like a labrum. Yep. And I've seen three guys at UC play through it. Cashmere Wright, G-Long Gwen, and Justin Jackson all had varying degrees. I think from what I know, G-Long's was G- the worst. But G- well, G-Long was also playing through knee stuff from high school. Too. Yeah, he had tendonitis. Yeah. But he, G-Long, from what G-Long told me, right. and I didn't see it, but he said he tore his front to back. And... Now, he, now, but Cashmere had more of a role. G-Long didn't have as much of a role as Edmund has with this club. No, no, no. Cashmere's had more of right. a role. But I think Cashmere's was was a little bit – was was a tear, but it wasn't a complete, you know, where they had to go in and reconstruct the whole labrum in his shoulder. Um, but it, it'll slide in and out. And they played through it. You know, all of those guys toughed it out, but none of them were clearly 100%. Now, where Ed is is saved a little bit is it's his left arm. So it's not a shooting arm. Right. It's, he's not going to have to deal with, you know, not being able but, to get but, that but the think, arm up but above but his shoulder. Think about his game, though, which is get to there's the a lot land, of contact, get bumped and banged. Yeah, there's a lot of contact to his game. How many games? times a game do you think he lands on the floor? Uh, Five, yes. seven. I mean, I'm, I just I'd say on average, Dwayne Wade point, thinks he lands on the floor a lot. Three point five. Yeah, on average, three point yeah. five at least. I'd say. Um, the, the, he did shoot a left-handed layup at one point today, where he flipped it from underneath his waist about 100 miles an hour. You can't lift it up above. It's not going to go up above your, you know. Your head, um, yeah, that, you're right. Now, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's. I, I guess it comes to this: in some of the games that you will play at home, DePaul, St. John's, or you already played St. DePaul, um, Seton Hall, maybe. What, what if you can get some games where you can limit his minutes? I think it would behoove them to find a way to limit. No, whatever, how, whatever I mean, they can, can limit, limit. That, I, I, and there's not a lot you can do. You're yeah. right. There's not a lot, but in whatever games you he can would limit. benefit from playing in the AAC. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. <laughs> the rest of the season. That's, that's where it gets interesting. Is can you afford to buy him some time? But it's not like you can sit him on the bench for those games. I don't think. Oh no, no, I'm not. No, I'm talking can, about limiting. No, you're right. Limiting minutes. I know. 22, 24, not 35. Right. And there's no question. Like if they can get a lead on DePaul, I mean this conference. Is just tough. You don't get correct leads on a lot of people, correct. especially on the road. But if you can get a lead on DePaul, if you can get a lead on uh, St. John's, then absolutely you give Quentin Gooden as many minutes up and, 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 and as it might behoove you in many fronts. It might all of a sudden be with him extended minutes. He, the light bulb goes off, and 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 um, you know he starts to make an extra play or two, and he's got more confidence. It could also go the reverse where he he just stinks. I don't think that's going to happen, but may, maybe it's a win-win. I I just feel bad for the kid because you just know there's no way you can go 35 minutes a night with the amount of contact he takes in. I mean, Running through screens, well, running that, through, I mean, all that stuff. The I mean, screen thing is a yeah. big one because other teams are just going to try gonna to pile him. Oh, yeah. they're gonna we saw him. it today a couple times where they took pretty good shots yeah. coming across. The thing is, I mean, the, the, the upside, if there's any upside to this, it doesn't get worse, really. I mean, yeah, that's it, right. the I mean, injury is the correct. injury. That's correct. If you can play with it, you can play with yeah, it. You're not a left-handed relief pitcher that needs to have this repaired today. Right. And, and, in game to game, it's going to be situation to situation. How hard did he get hit? How far did it slide? How sore? Is How it? sore is it for that particular? But with treatment in between games, he should be ready to go. Hypothetically, 
at the start of every each yeah. next game. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he played fearless. I mean, I, if it was me, yeah, I don't know if I could have played that fearlessly with it. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, there's a lot. Just human nature I'm, is what it is. I thought he was fearless and just and this stuff hurts. No, no question. <laughs> I did. I, I mean, I chuckled a couple times when you see players reach down with both arms and then they all of a sudden go, "Well, wait a minute. Let's, let's leave that you'd, you'd arm see his alone." Like, yeah, like, grab him yeah, up yeah, by the jersey. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, let's leave him alone. Let's just let's ease him up by by this arm. I do want to touch really quickly on the Big East. Before we move on to UC and the league itself and kind of what happened this weekend, uh, Nova with a pretty easy win. Butler um, almost, I, almost. I mean, it shows anybody you that can league. jump up and get them, man. Uh, uh, and especially again on the road. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the part to it. The Creighton one's obviously the obvious one. Um, at that home, sucks. I still thought they'd survive Marquette at home, even without Mo Watson, but. Um, and, and granted, this is such a fluid thing that look, you can get through the Xavier game because you, you had a lead and you can, it was you can in the game, in the like, game, yeah, can you can massage totally your way different. through it. It's totally different when suddenly you start a new game with a new game plan and a new opponent, and they know your issues and they can game plan against it. I still thought they would do enough at home to beat Marquette. Marquette killed him. It, 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 the, the final score ended up actually being semi-respectable, even though that you don't expect them to lose at home. They got their ass handed. It, it, it was played way too fast. I mean, they, right. they can't play the same style they played with and maybe, Watson. And, and maybe if you're, if you're Coach McDermott, you you decide we're going to try it the way we've done it because it's what we've worked on, and now you have to go back to the drawing board to some degree and go, all right, we thought we could do it this way. We just can't do it this way right now. Well, not to mention, even if you say we're going to do that, there's like an adjustment period. Correct. Your kids have been training themselves. So, I mean, like brain washing themselves to play that style. If you're going to try to play that fast and push the ball like that, you're basically brainwashed. Like you have to do nothing but that for a while. Right. So to get out of those habits and fully revert back to a slower style of basketball, and and, and not to mention like. What what is the right way for them to play? They've yeah, got to figure it out. It still might be the right way in theory. It's going to be a work in process yeah, for them. Yeah, no question about it. But it does bring them back to the point where Xavier now can position themselves to probably not win the conference in the regular season, but if all things go according to plan, still finish two, three, four ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're they're right there in the hunt. I don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going to get Villanova. But, Butler goes to Georgetown next, right? Doesn't Georgetown host them? I think first one. By the way, sure. Yeah, it was number one. Ding, thank you. Um, I uh, think, we're like 20 but, minutes in. I mean, that's got to be but no, I, I think, record. I'm pretty sure Butler goes to Georgetown next, which is a p- potential loss for them. Um, that gets them to, 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 to three losses in the league. So it does. I, it they'll does, be Georgetown. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> Butler plays hard from the opening know, tip I, I to the that, final I, whistle. They'll I know be they Georgetown. do, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't keep bringing up that I think Georgetown's got – they do have ability. They just don't know how to win games, and they can't play and all that happy stuff. But it still won't be an easy game. I mean, it's, no, it won't it's, be easy. I mean, they're not going to go in and blow them out. I don't think. Reverse happened to it. But it does put Xavier back in a spot where, through all the sky is falling, they still can go two, three, four-ish in 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 the league. I don't know that they can catch Butler, but I, a three, I think, would be a reasonable. Well, the, the, I'm not saying they would, but. For the point you've brought up is anyone can sneak up and get Butler. Yeah. So there's there's, a, there's an outside chance. I think Butler, I think, would be second. Xavier, I think, now with the Mo Watson injury, Xavier needs to at least keep that eye on third and, mm-hmm. and hope Butler has. And, and, and really, it comes down a lot of it comes down to the home and home with Marquette, right? I mean, if, if you take care of everything yeah. else and everything else goes according Kinda, to plan, yeah. that really is what it comes down to to some degree. Yeah, and you love Woj. Like, you guys are boys. Yeah, we really are. Uh, Butler goes at, at seat. Slap the floor. Goes <laughs> at seat all. There we go. Just want to make sure I slap the floor for everybody. Butler go, and then give up three bu- buckets. Yeah. buckets yeah. <laughs> hang, hang on, hang on. Slap the floor. Let's go. Thank you. Let's no, go thank with you the podcast, far, coach. Uh, the Butler goes Damn, to Seton me. Hall on Wednesday and then plays Georgetown at home on Saturday. Seton Hall could get. Oh, Angel Delgado is playing really, really well right now. Yeah. 
So there we go, Big East time. All right, let's go to the AAC where uh, UC took care of business. Game where uh, they really had to massage their way through that first half due to all the foul trouble. Through the whole game. Um, Jacob Evans, well, especially the first half, though. Jacob yeah. Evans, Kyle, because he's he, – Kyle Washington he, played nine minutes. Because we've talked about this. I mean, Mick has the, the two foul thing, and that, yep. said, it is what it is. Um, well, he, he almost got to the – well, no, they – They did. Twice more played with correct, two. Correct. And I want to touch on him, obviously, because he was just superb. Um, but workmanlike win, and the one thing was – and Grant Tulane is just so bad – and we can't emphasize that part enough. But for a team, and, and I thought the CBS Sports um, broadcast showed a really good stat on both sides, what UC is doing at home offensively, what they've done on the road off, de- offensively. They were a lot better yesterday. And, and, and we've talked about this, but I thought they were a ton better. I mean, to start the second half, they were, what, seven of their first eight from yeah. the field, I believe, and scored on their first eight or nine possessions, something along those lines, where they just basically took a what was a, a marginally tight game thanks to, well, it, it, they blew it, it was, over to the end of the first half. Yeah, the, the, it was 38-22 at half because of quad. Yeah, yeah the, when the dunk at the end of the half was yeah. just a great, great play. But um, but really just kind of separated, and then they, yeah. it was just whatever the margin was going to be was the margin was going to be. But um, Quadri Moore was awesome off the bench. He was good for him. I mean, he's got that kind of offensive ability. The, the problem, the, the, you know why he stayed on the floor? Because he rebounded and he didn't get killed on defense. Now, Tulane doesn't necessarily have anybody with the ability to to kill Correct. him offensively, but he was able to stay on the floor because he got six defensive rebounds. Right. He was tough inside. He played smart. He didn't do a lot of you know crazy. He didn't try to. Quad's biggest problem is he goes in and he tries to score twenty points in two possessions. Well, in theory, I guess you can argue that he did that by by taking a couple of threes early. But, but he was taking but, in rhythm. It, it, I was going to say, in rhythm, and he made them. Yeah. It, it, but it, well, it is a difference when you make. There well, is a difference between uh, making and suddenly chasing. But, and he, I'm not, Again, I'm not arguing what he did, because what he did was fabulous. They don't have a problem, because he can really shoot yeah, you know, he knocked the, uh, in rhythm. Yep. But what the problem is, is he catches hunting. it right, and tries to be Rasheed right. Wallace and goes with the, the, the step back, the step back right. and, you know, give you a, 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 a hesitation and a jab and a step back. And it's like, no, man, just catch in rhythm, catch off the pass, take the shot, and you can knock it down. The kid's got a good touch. Yep. Um, the the little fadeaway he hit was a, was a pretty tough shot. All three of the threes were pure. I mean... Step in, good rhythm, and then he got the little the little and one in the second half to give him 14 points. It's a career day for him. It's great for him. Um, you appreciate that because the kid hasn't hardly played at all right, right. in three years. You know, he's middle of his third year. He had only played in two of the AAC games at all and comes in. you got to be ready when your number's called, and, and he was ready when his number was and, called. And after the game, Mick Cronin did, did credit him, but also took, a, I think, a little shot. Well, halftime, he took a, half-time a tiny that. little. A little, half, a little shot at, at, at Xavier where he said it's a testament to kids who basically stay with the program, don't quit, don't transfer, uh, or don't transfer, don't quit, I think is actually. Don't transfer, don't quit in the middle of the season. It's, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a little shot, but I think it also showed the admiration for a kid that stuck with it and, yeah. and you know is going through, he wants to play, and deep down you'd like the kid to play and you want the kid to earn the right to play and, and he obviously earned those minutes on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's a it's a it, the interesting thing with them is it's a game by game kind of situation between Quadri and Nizier Brooks. Um, now Nizier is starting to adjust and learn to play um, when the game is a little bit smaller. But for the most part they've used Nizier when there's a, a legit 
center on the right, other team. Right. They've used quad when the other team is kind but those of. Are, uh, but those are those are that's nice to have. Be able absolutely, to do. great. To How be many teams have, have three Correct. centers that you can Correct. put on the floor and play, Correct. and have Trey Scott that can you know yeah, you can you, got, you yeah, can play, play Gary and Trey Scott together yeah. as well. I mean, they've got five guys. Right. That they legitimately can can play on the interior, and if you go back over a lot of mixed teams, if they had two, they were you know way above the curve. Right. And now they've you know they've got a, a plethora of guys, and the depth of this team um, is is really starting to become a, a factor. Because the funny part is, when usually you talk about depth, you're thinking the team that can go nine, ten, eleven deep on every night, and and the five or six off the bench give you something every night. And that's not the case. No, it's, it's a case of one or two of them providing a big lift, and the other two giving you just the minutes you need yeah. off the bench. And that seems like it's been pretty pretty consistent. Where it's it's inconsistent. It's a couple of guys one night, it's a couple of guys the next night. What they aren't doing, and what Mick's problem has been in the past, is they would be hurt when they would bring right. somebody off the bench. It, it wouldn't be that that guy could come in and hold the fort for two or three minutes. It would be that that guy would come in and you would be minus six in the 90 yeah, I mean, seconds that he was on the floor. without Kyle and Jacob Evans in the first half for how long? Um, I think Kyle was out in the first, before the first media timeout. Well, he made the point. He played nine minutes in the game. Nine, yeah. and, and Jacob, I think, made it to the middle of the second media timeout. So 50, at least 15, probably 14 it, minutes, it, both it looked, of them were out. I know people can listen and go, but dude, it's Tulane. Yeah, but it's on the road, and it's it, you're without your two best scorers. And, well, and, and Tulane has been better offensively. They're dreadful yeah, they're defensively. Awful. Absolutely awful. dreadful. Dunleavy is a really good offensive coach. So they've gotten better offensively over the last couple games. Um, but... I mean, to get those guys to hold the fort and get them into halftime with a that was, the way that game was officiated, the way that game was played, that easily could have been a, a twenty nine twenty six halftime correct. lead. Correct, correct, and you know they got them got them home. The, the, I do got to tell you, the set at the end of the first half though was embarrassingly bad. Defensively. Oh man, just so bad. For those that didn't <laughs> see, Scott just it, slipped right it, to the. It was literally it was it was it wasn't even it wasn't even as great of a slip as it no. looked. It was like a mini slip, and everybody yeah. ran to the three point line where the guy I can't remember who they ran to. Who that who was the guy that ran up? Was it was it I Cocaine? Yeah, I think it was. I can't remember. He would have caught it thirty seven feet from the bucket and yeah. had to turn and, and launch. Three guys went with it. Three guys go with him, and the, nobody goes to the guy ducking to the rim, and it's a dunk at the buzzer. Ay ay ay. Not ideal. I wouldn't have been happy with that in case you're wondering. Okay. The other, we we, we, we were. We were. Trust me. <laughs> the other thing that I would uh, point out before we move on from this game. Yeah. Kevin Johnson in American Athletic Conference play. 10.6 points a game. Up over 40% shooting from three. I would, I would have guessed close to 10. I didn't know the exact numbers. 10.6 yeah. points a game and, and over 40% shooting from three. He Now they have five. That can hurt you, and now you you know when their starters are on the floor, or when Jaron Cumberland right. is on the floor right. with them, they've got five guys that they can put on the floor and hurt you at any given time, and um, that that makes a difference. Yeah, I, I get the feeling when I and I don't know what the stats say in terms of lineups and efficiency and all that, but when I see Trey Scott come into the game, it feels like from a, just watching the game, it always feels like they're playing better or they're playing harder. Or they're, you know what I mean? Like, That's I think just because just he plays so hard. Yeah. yeah that he just gives everyone that feel. And I get it a lot with Jaron. Jaron is, I was going to say, Jaron. So he had a great finish He just seems to raise the IQ and, and aggressiveness of the offense. And, and that's and, the difference from the bench. Like, I, and I don't, I don't want to... How do I delicately do this without without completely blowing them up? Well, I don't know. You just praised Tulane's offense that ranked 196 in the country. No, over the past couple, he I, said said better. I said better. He said they've they been playing good. better. I know, but I'm just saying if you're worried about being de- delicate and choosing your words carefully, I think you've already blown that, so just go ahead. Good point. Um, the 2011 class killed them. 
And for you know, when they had Cash and, and Yancey right. and Deanna and those and those guys, there weren't enough other options. There weren't. Well, when you put Shaq Thomas on the floor, Shaq Thomas was athletic, but he didn't have basketball IQ, and he didn't. Or Jeremiah Davis. Or Jeremiah Davis, help. yeah. Or Gelon Glenn, help. or and Jermaine Sanders hit a couple threes, right. but you but know, not enough. but you didn't. When you're putting these guys on the floor, Trey and and Jaron boost the basketball IQ. Justin Jennifer gives you a change of pace at the point guard position and allows you to play a little bit faster. Nizier Brooks is your rim protector. Quadri Moore can play some offense. I mean, in each guy, there is a way that they can help you. There's a, a, a something they can do in that game. And, and Jaron, his plus minus has been really good over the past like three or four games. It just seems like he understands. Like he makes the right pass. He makes the right decision on defense. He he does the little stuff that even if he's not scoring 15 points, he's he when he is on the floor, he's having a, a substantial impact in how the game is being played. And Trey Scott, I think, does that as well. So um, Kevin's coming on, and the, and the bench is figuring it out, and this team is really in a nice rhythm right now. I want to touch on the league real quick, and this is no surprise. We, we, we really said before, it really is you a, see an SMU? It's a two-team league, and SMU proved that on Saturday night. Yeah. Granted, they were at home, but they, they absolutely howled. the brakes off of Houston. Just killed them. I mean, just killed them. Now, Tulsa's in third, and God love Tulsa. They've done some good things. Dude, they graduated nine guys last year. They've done some good things. Uh, and and I don't think I, I think Memphis is still the third best team in the league when all said and done. Not, yeah, not, they, not, they honestly, beat, right now, not that that's going to matter no, one iota. No, um, they other than maybe they could get hot in the conference tournament because they've got the best player. Um, you know, Tulsa has been a, a surprise. But I, I would agree. I think Memphis is probably the third best team. They just beat Central Florida tonight. Um, I think that game was at Central Florida, which absolute classic. They go out for the opening tip, and Memphis has got their big guy standing there, and Taco Fall was right there, and the official throws the ball he up to the jump, jump. and the jump. Memphis guy didn't even jump. He just went back on defense. Like yeah. Taco Fall is the 7-6 seven, six seven, six, center. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Central yeah. Florida, yeah. 7-6 yeah. 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 center. Well, that's why you know what you do? You put your 5-11 tip <laughs> guard out there just for far's sake, just because. Have you ever seen the meme of the kid from high school? Yeah, like oh, it's awesome. Yeah. 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 That kid with goggles that just meets into his stomach. I think it's you showed me one yeah, that's all, that's actually, just mean mugging him. Like that's a great one. That, uh, he immediately like put, puts his forearm into his lower thigh, looks yeah. directly into his side, and then looks back to his coach. Like, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> with, this with this guy with this yeah. big goof. For goodness' sakes, I was touch on Kentucky because uh, they did suffer an injury on Saturday. Aaron Fox, the point guard, went out, and and for a chunk, when as soon as he went out, Kentucky had a hard time doing not only scoring, had a hard just, time yeah, running anything. Yeah. I mean, it was turnover after turnover after turnover. Rick, you made a point of how good South Carolina is defensively, and I guess in theory they they. Were were really good because they held Kentucky under 90, but it also shows the weapons are, are still there. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Even yes. without the Aaron Fox. So. I mean, Derek Wills was great. I mean, Derek Wills has not been Dude, great. Can Derek we talk Wills- about, can we talk about that? Maybe, maybe my favorite moment of the season. The dunk? No. Sasha Kalea Jones reaction to, to the, the dunk. dunk. To the dunk. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. You're right. It was uh, good. Are you it was, Are you <laughs> I mean, how many? That's probably the first time in his life. Darius Willis is really po- no. hammered on somebody's head no, like that. Probably, I think he was. He a, was he a fifth region guy? I think probably down in the fifth region. He probably post. Okay, the first time in his college, college life, career. There you go. That he hammered on somebody like that, and it's and not the first time he got hammered. By the way, no, no. So, just, but the, the Sasha Kalea Jones uh, meme. Is uh, it's is it fantastic. Is, it, it is it's absolutely good. fantastic. It is very, very my good. favorite moment of the now, season so far. Seriously, I, did, I didn't say that. Absolutely. Okay. Just see if anybody. I, understands, I'm trying to just. Anybody understands what I just said? Keep like, moving. Can't. Keep I, moving. Union, Kentucky. In case anybody's wondering, go look it up. Um, <laughs> 
I, I do want to touch on, though, oh. if De'Aaron Fox would have to miss, and it sounds like it's not going to be long. He, he's got an ankle injury. Uh, um, he rolled, right ankle. Yeah, right he, ankle. It, he was in a walking boot and crutches, but it doesn't but sound they, like it's going to be long. As soon time. as you sprain that ankle, they put that boot correct, on. Correct, no doubt. Instantly. Yeah. And then Cal said there's, they said there was no swelling. Yeah, so right, it but seems I, pretty positive. I, he said it was a stinger. Y'all ever heard oh, no, of no, a no, stinger no, no, he said it's in the a, ankle? No, he said it's akin to a stinger um, that okay. when you suffer from football that it basically you're almost paralyzed for a short period of time, then it goes away. and It's not a good thing. I mean, you can miss some time with it, but it's not like you rolled the ankle to the point of, of either breaking it or spraining it. It's so. not swelled. I think it might have been a stinger. I don't know. Something hit his ankle, so he's in a boot, but they said there's no swelling. Now, Which is good. Now, I guess the question, though, is is if, if he would ever have to miss extended period of time, and I'm not talking about when you get to the NCAA tournament, because if somebody loses a guy like that, you're probably It hosed. is what it is, yeah. But could they survive it in that league still? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In that on the, league, on, yeah. On the road? Well, on now, the road? Now, do they have a slip-up along the way that they yeah. otherwise might not have had? Sure. They might have that game where he he gets them going in so many ways because of the way he scores right. in transition and runs the break and the impact he makes defensively right. to start those breaks right. that it might have that night where you're just in a funk and you're not – you can't get going and he's not there to do that. So maybe on the road they have an extra slip-up that they wouldn't have otherwise had. But I don't think he – like I still think they're so talented compared to the other teams in their conference that anytime they play even close to their level, they're going to win. Yeah. The interesting thing for me is that they were a disaster the first couple of minutes because Briscoe was running the point. Yeah. And then they put Hawkins in. And he was very good. And all of a sudden the things. offense started running pretty well. And the one thing we know about Hawkins, he's totally unselfish. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. the most selfless guy He wants guy to be a part of that program. Of so, yeah, he, wants to, he could have easily after a year gone, all right, I wanted to do this, and let me just go somewhere where I can play yeah, and play yeah. a lot of minutes, because he would have. You won't find anyone who wants to help that program right. more than And he was good. Him. He was and, effective against a great defense. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing, is he's going to be very different from De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. He's not going to be nearly the dynamic scorer, but he's certainly very athletic, and he can pass. He's, he's, he's not going to be a top five player in the nation, but he's still really good. Yep. Yeah. He can help them in that role. So uh, I think that I think that's what they found out more than anything. Yeah, and it might have been honestly as goofy as it sounds. And if even if if somehow Fox doesn't play Tuesday, they're at Tennessee. You know, maybe they find out well, a we, little something about I think other we guys. We found out Isaiah Briscoe's not a not the backup point. Not no. the backup point guard. I think. So Hawkins if you is. do get into a bad situation, maybe yeah. you know that going forward, hey, you don't even have to. And, and, around with and it. Fox does occasionally get in some a little bit of foul trouble. He occasionally gets some stupid, silly, goofy fouls yeah. to where maybe now you trust Dominique Hawkins when he's got two to say, all right, let, you. you Give us the next five minutes, and we'll be good with it. The other side of this is when UK's really in trouble, like back against the wall, if De'Aaron Fox isn't there to save them. Malik Monk is. You put the ball in Malik Monk's Correct. hands, and Correct. you run something for him. I mean, I, it's that bang, simple. He's it, plenty And skilled. when the game got a little dicey for a moment, he banged some shots and made some plays and made some shots. He and makes it look so stinky. He does. He does. He does. He That's really, that, is the, that is the best word so for it. So easy. It looks so easy for him to I mean, I think, they, I think they got it to five at one point. If I'm not, maybe I'm wrong. It was, it was somewhere in that range. And they throw a ball to him in the corner. It was In theory, it's a pretty big shot because you're about to – you're teeing on the is that bang? And is that the one where he had it? He tried to ISO. I believe so. Step he back. couldn't get any ISO, so he kicked it. Oh, and they kicked it back. And they kicked it yes. right back yeah, yeah, and yeah. just bang yeah. from like yeah. 27, yeah. 26 yeah. feet. I mean, sure. that was unbelievable radio right there. Listen, do you guys do play by play on a play that you couldn't quite remember? <laughs> well, dude, there's so many games that go on on the weekend. You can't remember them all. No, I know, but you just—that's the first one you've done play by play for the specific good. play you couldn't remember. And I think that we was, nailed it. Actually, you, yeah, I think we you crushed it. it. Uh, inside the inside that league, very quickly, South Carolina, I think, is clearly the second best team, which says that your Florida suck. In case you're wondering. That was a good game. That, says that loss to Vandy at sucks. home is not good. No, Will you not. please stop calling them my Floridas? I can't. <laughs> you're, kidding, you're the one that kept telling me you like them. No, I said one day 
hey, that Florida team that we've said sucked isn't as bad as I originally thought they were. Okay, I so now what are my they? Statement. So now what are they? The second to third best team in the SEC. Which makes them suck. Not nearly right, as good on. as UK. Move which on. makes them suck. Move not on. terrible. Okay. <laughs> no, not, not terrible. Yeah, You're right. Not they're, terrible. An average, they're a good to average team. Have a hard time scoring. Ooh, they're painful. Yeah. They're painful not nationally relevant. Uh, let's touch on NKU very quickly. Where they take uh, charges. Got to take charges. I mean, you got to do Oh, I'm going to touch on Bryce Alford. Ooh. I'll touch on Bryce Alford in a minute for not taking a charge. I, I, I'd, kill, if it, I, I'd have killed him. I, I would just, have honestly killed him. I've got, my, him. I've got my final thing now, Good, too. Because I would have killed Bryce Alford on Saturday, in case you're wondering. Um, NKU um, had a, a really maybe nice win on the way against Oakland, but Oakland showed they were that much better. Did bounce back to, on Sunday to beat Detroit. Um, could have been 5-3, and three, but 4-4. Four and four. I think what you're seeing is they, they st- they're, they're in that echelon that can compete but can't can't get completely well, over the hump against the best. It's it's a matter of when does the experience catch up to the talent. Yeah, right. Yeah. Correct. Because Correct. they have the talent now. They they haven't had the talent right. in the past. Now they have the talent and they're building experience because if you go back they've had a lead in each of these four games they've lost, right? I believe that's correct. I mean a, a big lead against um Milwaukee, right? They yeah, big lead. They, they came back from a big deficit Friday to take a short lead in the yeah. second half of a four-point lead. I yeah. think at one point in the second half. So it's, um, I can't remember Green Bay, but I think they had a lead against Green Bay yeah, too, they, right? Yep. Yeah. So you're looking at at every game they're in. They've had leads. They just don't have the experience right. yet and the veteran leadership yet. To close it out. And I, they've been careless they, with the ball I, I a little bit. be a team in a conference tournament setting that nobody wants to see no. in that, that league. Because there's no – what do they got to lose? They've never been. They've never been a part of this. That's the thing that – that's what this has shown. What us. a story it would be the first year right. to make well, it. Well, you're so right about the fact that they've proven they're just a, a hair below the top tier. They can compete with them and play in a game. But that's the key because you get into that conference tournament where everyone's on a neutral court. If one of those teams doesn't yep. shoot well in, enough, in a, a one-bid league, and, and NKU is too league. stupid to know, like right. they're too young and, and, and ignorant to know that they're not supposed to win that tournament. You yep. know, like they could just go in, get hot, and just start playing off momentum. And they, they have sh- shown that they're good enough to compete with those teams, yeah. which is the key. It, I think it's a little disheartening for some people who thought this U, this NKU team could be. Spe- I mean, I was I legitimately thought they had a chance to be the second-best team in this conference a few weeks ago. But, again, don't forget, we're going back through round robin again here at some point. Now, granted, they've right. already played Oakland twice, but they've played, they haven't played a couple other teams. I think They haven't played Valpo at all, have Correct. they? Uh, no. No, no, they haven't yeah, yet. No, so. I think the big thing, though, is just after watching those games against, like, Oakland, right. you, you saw but, they're, but, uh, but they're a little bit below. They are, they're not but, as talented. But the thing is, they're not totally overmatched where you realize you have no chance. Unless they play their worst game, you have no not chance. Not at all. And the bottom of the conference is totally overmatched yes. by those teams. Yes. So. No, no and question. Northern is in that group that overmatches the bottom of the conference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. So no doubt. Yeah. I uh, think that's as good as you can humanly expect for year two of the John Brandon era and year one that you're eligible for the no tournament. Doubt. They're so far ahead of schedule. Way ahead of schedule. No doubt. Yeah. Way no ahead doubt. of schedule. Do you want to touch on a couple things national? One more semi-local, but it ties into a national story. Is Ohio State losing it at, at home to, to Northwestern, which suddenly finds itself actually in third place, tied for third place in the in the uh, Big Ten. One game out in the win. Actually, they're tied in the win column, excuse me, for first one game out it in the loss column. It might happen. Never been to the NCAA tournament before, but really – and, and you've seen this before where they've they've gone non-conference, maybe win an early game or two in the Big Ten, and you think, All right, maybe this is the year, and then they just fade off the planet. Well, they're halfway there. They're halfway there. They're 16-4. and four. They're 40th in the RPI, which isn't high, but it's, it's in but that conversation. But if they get to 10 wins in the Big Ten, I, I think, they're going to make it. I think you can't overlook them. I think it's, it, it, would be, it would be really cool. 
that's going to be fun, and and they're a pretty fun team to watch. They they, are. they share the ball. They play well on offense, and Brian McIntosh is really good. Like he's really good. So yeah, it's the, the, I like watching him. I do too. I'm with you, guys. Xavier won it, right? Couple things nationally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to touch on in the ACC, and one of them being um, Florida State's really good. I mean, granted, Louisville they're came their place. They're they are they're huge, and they defend, and they can make shots. And when they really have good to. coach. People forget um, that. Don't know about that part of it, but I'm. <laughs> hey, you are what you are. I mean, the 18 and two with one of the losses at Carolina, where you ran into them at the complete wrong dead dog time for everybody concerned. Um, they're they're more than legit. They are way more than legit. By the well, way, after that one cough, he's been on a run. I know he's, he's just. Uh, on a run. I've only had like four or five. Like four a, in like four minutes after like doing twenty fest, without. Yeah, yeah, I get a little. That's called a run by the coughs. <laughs> Um, a four-hour run right now. <laughs> as long as it's not the four-hour runs, uh, we, we'd be good to go. That's, yeah, See, that's there he goes. I got him. See? Got him again. Ding. Yep. Thank you. There it was. Thanks very much. <laughs> but oh, no, oh, now oh, you got to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. On the run. On the run. 6-0. 6-0. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need a timeout. Give me a 30. Give, yeah, give, give me a 30. Give Brendel a 30 real quick. Give me a 30. Quick. But, um, no, I mean, I, I'm saying the obvious. They've got some guys that can play. Jonathan Isaac is is really, really good. And, you know, they've... They've got some offense, and they're massive. I mean, that Leonard Hamilton only always uh, – the, the one thing I remember about seeing Florida State in person, the 2012 NCAA tournament, um, they look like an NBA team. I mean, they were 6'5", 6'6", 6'9", 6'11", 7' foot was right. their starting lineup. Right. And, that, and that's what their entire team looks like. I mean, they're just massive. And that's how that's his style. That's the type of team he likes. And when he when he gets a couple guys that can really put the ball in the basket, then they they have a chance to be really good. And right now, if you look at their resume, they're angling for a one. They're very very good. There's no question. They're very I, they they are now. You still have to go through the gauntlet of this league. Yeah. Which probably beat you up still to the point where they wind up with four. Four losses, which probably takes you out of that conversation. Probably. I don't know, man. But, if you win that league, I'm I, still... I, I know, the dude. champion of the ACC is going to have to get a one seed. Unless they've to. got six or seven. It, yes, probably. The, the, the champion of the ACC is going to end up with... with six six overall seed. losses I, and four league losses. And a one seed. And probably a one seed. <laughs> and that's probably fair. The, the, the funny thing is, when you go back and look at like last year, there were more losses... Last year, than we remember, you know what I mean. We start yeah. talking about these teams. You're right. A bunch of these teams had losses last year because Xavier had a two seed last year. Yeah, yeah. Good you know? point. I mean, good so. point. Uh, I want to touch on hugs because back to back losses um, where teams have kind Can't of t- taken care of the ball, and, and that's that's a big issue, I believe. And we can talk about this. Well, actually, I think it's midweeks. So we might as well talk about it. Now. I think they got Kansas at home next, if I'm not mistaken. Oof. Um, which for Kansas, what a week for that to go to West Virginia, I believe, and then to Kentucky. I'm going to look it up. I'll do it. You, you can you can you can say your piece, but I think it does show that. Look, if they. Turn you over, they're they're gonna ha- will have their have their way with you. But if you find a way and to take score. care of the ball, you're fine. Yeah, this is the thing about this team. It's it, they're too gim- it's a gimmick more or less. Yeah, like, I believe when you're I, re- how about Kansas? Sorry, Kansas has at West Virginia Tuesday at Kentucky Saturday. When you're relying on something like I don't think that, they worry about West Virginia on the road. Who in Morgantown? Kansas. In Morgantown? Yeah. What? Just from not that they That's don't a top worry. Ten team in the country that they don't, don't worry, worry. But I'm saying you you've Can got beat them with the two Frank Mason. Yeah, yes. you've got Frank Mason yeah, and Devontae Graham. No, I'm not telling you don't have the pieces to beat them there, but you better damn well worry about them. Yeah, I think this West Virginia team is good, but this is why I've never taken them seriously as a top team in the country or a national title contender. A few weeks ago, we were trying to rank our top five teams, right. and they were yeah. like third in the country. That's why I didn't include them in my top ten because this is a gimmick more or less. Like I don't trust them to win games in a row in the postseason. Six in a row. Yeah. Because you're going to turn you're going to turn good teams over six games in a row. Well, think, so think about this. Now, Grant, they they turned over a very good Baylor team, but think about in this tournament after let's just say they're a three four seed, whatever it is. You're gonna you're probably going to dominate that team yeah. physically. So 
suddenly then you're in a 3-6 game. And then you're in a 2-3 game. You're all of a sudden playing teams that should be able to handle your pressure. And I love what they do. And I love the way they do it, but it's going to be hard. And there's better guard play than I can ever remember right. in the NCAA right. this right. year. Their defense isn't nearly as good in the half court as it looks. You know, obviously when they're not getting steals. Because people don't get, they don't get in the half court. They're not that lot. great in the half court. And then on the offensive end, their offensive efficiency numbers are so skewed because they're getting so many run-out breakaways. Yeah, it, looks yeah. Like, it looks like they're getting layups out of whatever they're doing because they are getting layups out of their defense. Yeah, you put them in the half court all of a sudden, those efficiency numbers go way you down. You put them in the half court, and all of a sudden the Huggins team struggles in the half court. Yeah, oh, they, you have to make them play 15 Chuck seconds in the shot clock. Good. It's different. Chuck, we got to make shots. I mean, our guys don't try. Our guys don't try. Got to make shots, Chuck. I'm going to get another beer. <laughs> I like the end there. Um, you added that one. That was an addition. It up. Yeah. Nice. Um, it fresh. The, the other, obviously, probably one of the big games of the weekend was Arizona-UCLA, an Arizona team that um, was, was was teetering. Had, Dr. Brian Snow. Dr. Brian Snow came up with it. Okay. He really did. Go, I was going to let you touch on it, but I want to touch on Bryce Alford when you're done because I hate him. Go ahead. First of all, Brian Snow, to his credit, he said there are cases in the past where it stayed in their system for a year. I will say this. Alonzo Trier must have taken the greatest pee of all time, of all time. to get all that out of the system <laughs> in a day. As soon as we find out about it, that's how why does, I, how does it break that this was weird. way? That's, that's why, why I weird. called you that night. We all find out about it, like 20, and then 24, like, they don't want to say, they're lying about it. But then it. the very next day, he's going to be eligible to play on Saturday. Then it gets released by ESPN that he's been suspended for PED use. And then fr- Thursday, the very next he's suspended. Yeah, he's yeah. Back. Friday, Friday he's, back. he's back. It's out of the system. That's why I called you. I, what, what the hell? What was going on with that? I, I honestly, I can't. I wish I could answer the question. I, can't, I have no no solid answer. I really don't. I don't even it's, care. It, like, like I'm not saying they're getting it, away with it's something. So no, shady. It's just it's it just seems shady. That's it's it. so shady. And, and I don't even see like an advantage to this. I'm I don't not saying either. Like, oh, they're cheating or anything. I'm just saying. Well, why? What? What? Why did you need to do it this way? And here, make it looks so weird. Here's the only thing that makes sense. They didn't want to have to reinstate him and say on Friday. This is why we're reinstating. him. He was suspended, and and th- so they got the story out on Thursday. Got the Maybe. the media frenzy out ahead of it. Oh my God! Suspended for PEDs. Da, 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 da. And then on Friday, oh, he's back. He, but he passed the test. Not a terrible PR move, the by the way, to go negative, get it all out there, and, and then turn positive. around twenty four hours later and come back with the now the storyline's different. That's actually a decent Any PR, PR you move. See out there, hire Chad Brendel. That was good. That was good. You spun that well. Well, that was Arizona who did it. Well, he was but, I was analyzing it. it. Yeah. But he, he's, he's crisis management guy, so that was good. I like that. Okay. Um, that said, uh, you love Bryce Alford. Well, all right, I'm going to give you one. It was a fast break situation. It was one on two action. No, it was actually yeah, it was one on two. One of the other guys was staying with his thumb up his ass. Bryce Alford decides it. How tall is he? Six one? Six foot? How tall is he? Six, six two? One. Six, six one. Six one. He's going to jump and block a shot on a guy driving down the floor. Guy goes right around him and lays it in. Can you not step in front of somebody there? Honestly, who's, whose shot are you going to block six one white guy? Rick. Okay, Rick. Is, was Rick driving down the court at that point in time? Um, first of all, I have deceptive athleticism, <laughs> and no one's blocking my shot. Second of all, Bryce Alford is 6'3", 185 for the purpose of this hypothetical. Great, that no and he had cares. no chance to block the shot. None. Yeah, no, I'm, none. Not, I'm not disagreeing with you. So what, I just, I just wanted to get done? the facts out there. Slide to take one, you big – I didn't say it. There we go. Just thought I'd get that out there. Radio edit. Yep, it was a radio edit. <laughs> I radio edited myself right there. Well done. You know, we talked about their style of play, and, and it, it, it got them back in the game at one point. But it, 
I just want to see what it does when it matters. I, 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 I think I, we're starting to find yeah, out. I mean, they've lost, some mounting they've evidence. lost Oregon. They've lost Arizona. And it was the exact yeah, concern and, and we've and had since yeah. and, here's the, and here's the point. And I say that despite the fact that Oregon and Arizona are 14-0 and 0 in that league combined and 36-4 and 4 overall. Well, but, yes, know, I, I, but giving you the yin and yang, and I'm the one that criticized it, so I'm just trying to give the yin and yang here. But we were never talking about UCLA as a good team who could compete in that conference. We're talking about UCLA as the best team in the country. Correct. So it doesn't right. matter. That, it, we're only talking about yeah. it as can you beat the best teams in right. the country. And right. To, to this point, their games are going to be in the 90s. Uh, and uh, That's going to be a tough way to win consistently. It, yeah. it is because it comes down to can you make it? What are they, what are they averaging? They've got to be. I'll, I'll look, I'm going to say, I'm doing this off the top of my head, I'll, I'll go 95.3 if I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm I don't know. It's still something. over 90. It's I don't know what 90s. it's at. They're still uh, number one in offensive efficiency. 93.0. There you go. They're still shooting 53% from the field and 43% from three. Sixth fastest offense in the country, but they're 125th. In defensive efficiency. And what do we know about teams that are that yes, that, that, that skewed, skewed? That skewed. They can't win in the tournament. It doesn't work out well usually, and we've been saying it all year, and now it's coming to fruit. At a certain point, I'll admit, I got you know probably around that maybe Ohio State game or so in, in, in late December. I was like, maybe even though they don't play a lot of defense, maybe when it matters, they're good enough, they're athletic enough, they're big enough, they lock down, but, but, but they cut down, they do get stops. And, and, and there, there, there should have been, and there probably was, a sense of urgency when they were down, and even with a sense of urgency, they couldn't guard. And, and, and I started, so I, midway through December, I started feeling that way, but then we saw the Oregon loss, we now see the Arizona loss, we've seen some We saw other, how the Kentucky game went. The, the Utah yeah, right, game, right. we saw the Utah game too, at right. Utah, where they really struggled, ended up winning game. by one, yeah. 83-82, so... I don't know, man. I, I like this UCLA team because they're fun to watch, but I still just don't trust I'm them. Not, I'm not going to Vegas and putting well, the house on them. How about I, I don't, the coast-to-coast drive at the end of the first half? It, literally, he went coast-to-coast in 5.1 seconds, I think off of a defensive rebound, if I remember right, and no, there was no, res- there. no resistance whatsoever. Layup at the buzzer. I mean, it was – and Steve Offords are there taking a sip of his water, putting his cap on like, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get him in the second half. You know no, what, stop somebody! You know what he was thinking? Don't take a charge. Guaranteed. Come see me when they win it. Guaranteed. All right. Final take time. I love it. Chad Brennan, you had one. You, you were all excited a while back. Yeah, actually, this is this is one that uh, were, were you watching the game, the Cincinnati game, when they changed the charge call? No. I must have flipped. In this situation, Skinner, you and I can't believe Mick Cronin didn't get right, ejected. Let, let me. Let, I'll let you describe the play. Was, was the guy obviously was he was he above the uh, the half circle? Yes. Okay. All right. Kevin Johnson comes along the baseline. Okay. There's a guy driving along to the, the left base. towards well, along the baseline. Kevin Johnson steps over in to help. Okay. Is clearly outside of the circle. Okay. Stops, plants. Guy runs over. Guy runs over him. Takes the charge. No call, or, or there was a call. Call okay. by the guy standing right there in front of the play. Okay. And the guy on the back side of the play, changed completely the on the opposite of the floor, changed it to a block. And it was maybe the worst. Did Mick's coat come off? I don't remember seeing his coat come off. Did it come um, off? He went into his favorite the spin, thing. I, the spin and move. No, the um, you mother. Beep. Radio edit. Mother Hubbard. That's his. You you mother lover. Gotcha. That that's his favorite when they when they screw something up like that. You mother lover. That's what he says. I'm pretty sure. Um, pretty sure. Yeah, that's what I, it looks like. I, I hope that's it. Or else he should probably get banged. Otherwise, but okay. I thought he was talking about his mom's fire truck. Yes, that's what it was. Um, uh, skinny, you would have gotten I ejected. Lost my mind. 
because he, I mean, it was textbook taking a charge. Slid right over. Both feet were outside the thing. Bang, takes it. Calls it. That's where you ask the official, what was he supposed to do? And then you occasionally get the, well, I didn't see it. He saw it better than I did. No, 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 no. The guy called it. And the other guy came from all the way across the other side of the floor. Maybe here's and what he realized. No. He realized that Tulane was getting 17 and a hook, and they needed some help. Still lost his damn bet. No, they was. I thought it was 17 was the final one. It was 17, 16 and a half was the line. Oh, was I saying? Well, maybe it was, maybe he got it at 17 and a half, and he realized. All right. Whatever. Right, I'm sorry, Mick. Your team. But you would have lost. I would have lost my mind, especially I, for the guy coming all the way yes. from. I mean, you yeah. would have been ejected. Yeah, I, I would have been close. The Skinny Podcast, with all its gratuitous charging talk, has become the number one podcast for Republicans 50 and over in the tri-state area. It's the way you defend. Rick. That's my fi- that's my final take. I'm char- I'm charged out. I can't do it. I'm I, charged I, out. I got nothing left, man. After hearing I'm, you two go back and forth about charges again, just take one. Take one. He took one, one, and they blew it. Right. And so you tell the kid, "Good job." You know what? Now he's not going to take one ever no, again. You did the right thing. The referees suck. I got on him. What else do you want me to do? If you'd like to book a hotel at next year's Republican National Convention, <laughs> the phone no, number is. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on the national circuit, and I'm going to do charge clinics is what I'm going to do. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Oh, that'll sell I'm going to do charge clinics. You want a standing room only crowd. It, it'll be from about 10th grade on down, but we're going to teach charging. It'll we're going to teach taking charges. It's going to look exactly like a Trump rally. <laughs> Hey, he brought him out in droves, my friend. That's all I can tell you. Largest crowd ever to see an inauguration. So that's all. Yeah, that's what they say. So you know what? If, if they want to come out and spend their twenty bucks to learn how to teach your kids how to take charges, they I'm don't. In. I'm all they in. Don't. You're yes, the they only do. one who's in on this. No, I'm not. I promise you, I'm not. People can't defend. It bothers the crap out of me. And Stop people who can't somebody. defend, you know, what people who can't defend do, Rick. Stand and take charge. Take like charge. Exactly. Yep. Thank you very much. We'll uh, put it up on Twitter. See how many parents don't, are interested don't just, for you. Don't go queue up Bryce Alford, that punk ass. Just take a charge. Wow. <laughs> I'm not going to take one because my dad's the coach and I don't have to defend anybody. I'll just stand out here and shoot a bad jump shot. <laughs> We're just attacking kids at this point. Thanks, folks. Have a good night. Signing off. We'll see you for the Crosstown <laughs> Shootout Preview Show on Wednesday. We will be back on Wednesday to talk Crosstown Shootout exclusively. Friday, we'll be back to break it down and probably touch on a little bit of the weekend action. I'm here to tell you, take a charge, kids. That's all I can tell you. These two jamokes don't know what the hell they're talking about. Have a good time.